Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. everyone and welcome to episode 59 of the doctor's companion i'm scott corelli and i'm matt smith but not that matt smith and uh today we're going to be talking about a little story called terror of the zygons which is fun and scottish which is also horry horry i guess horror 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 yeah yeah i don't think not horry that's a different thing that's a different thing Horish? No. <laughs> yeah, horrorish. 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 It's not any. It's not any easier to say. Um, Whoever invented that word should be slapped. I think. Yeah, I think so. But uh, before we talk about that, uh, I want to remind everybody that we're from the website geekshowentertainment.com, where we like geeky stuff, and occasionally we talk about geeky stuff, like Doctor Who, on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include The Doctor's Companion as well as Movie Night at Geek Show, Have You Met Ted, Queen Witch, A Couple of Geeks, Geek Show Soundcheck, Super Geeks, and coming this fall, The Geek Show with Scott and Matt, the new flagship podcast for GeekShowEntertainment.com. You can listen to all those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, you can go to the website and join our community by commenting on episodes, articles, and audio blogs that we regularly post on the site. And if you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, or even if you don't, help us out by leaving an iTunes review. iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to. You can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, or suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. All right, uh, Matt, Terror of the Zygons. Um, well, before we get into background significance, I guess I should mention that uh, the new season of Torchwood has started on, on Stars, yes. and yes. Uh, we're going to be talking about the first episode of that, The New World, um, after we talk about Terror of the Zygons. Uh, because, uh, will there be spoilers? Um, I'm going to say yes, there will be spoilers. Okay. Uh, because, you know, we are going to be talking about it episodically, so... Be watching Torchwood, and if not, then you can just stop and, and come back and listen to all the all our Torchwood talk bits, um, which will be in this episode and the next nine episodes, um, and you can listen to those later. So excitement! Yay! Mm-hmm. Yay! Yay! All right. So background and significance for Terror of the Zygons. Uh, okay. Well, Terror of the Zygons is the first episode of the second season of Tom Baker stories. Um, it, it comes after. A very unfortunate uh, uh, previous episode called Revenge of the Cybermen, which is wow. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's written by Robert Banks Stewart and directed by Douglas Canfield. Uh, it's the first uh, con- contribution from Robert Banks Stewart. Uh, the first of another one he does later in the season called uh, The Seeds of Doom, which is widely regarded as just phenomenal. 
Uh, and it is. It's actually really, really good. Um, and it's directed by... And the director, Douglas Canfield, is one of those Doctor Who stalwarts. Like, he directed a bunch of fun, awesome, exciting stories. Uh, the best known of which are probably The Invasion, uh, Dalek's Master Plan. He did The Web of Fear, which is legendary. Um, and he did... Uh, what else? Uh, the Time Meddler, which we discussed a while back. Uh, and he does The Seeds of Doom as well. Uh, and it's just um, he's he's a really good director. This is our um, third of his stories, which is yeah, it's, wow. We're just we're just blasting through them. Um, don't worry, we'll have we'll have some more. Like he, he's most fam- like when I think of him, I always think of uh, Graham Harper, who is for me the best Doctor Who director of all time because Graham Harper studied under uh, Douglas Canfield. Also, Douglas Canfield did Inferno, which like is mm. masterful. Yeah, yeah, good masterful. Um, so. So that's Douglas Canfield. And uh, Terror of the Zygons is actually really one of those famous stories because, um, minor spoilers, uh, it's the one with the Loch Ness Monster. So the Doctor and crew go up against the Loch Ness Monster, uh, which is sort almost of. an afterthought. Well, it's almost an afterthought in this that's story. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, I keep waiting for Godzilla to show up and take the Loch Ness Monster down. <laughs> that's that's because... something that I think Stephen Moffat should do, like uh, like one of those Godzilla versus the Loch Ness monster, and it's just like two Zygon factions versus each other. Um, and it's the first and only television appearance of the Zygons, who are fan favorites. Um, and I, I I understand why they appear they've appeared in some audio plays and books and stuff. They're they're really they're really famous. But like this era of Doctor Who, which is the Hinchcliffe Holmes era of Doctor Who, which is just such quality. Um, like it says something that this isn't even one of the stronger stories of this of not only this um this this era but this season. Like this season also has Brain of Morbius, Seeds of Doom, and Pyramids of Mars, all of which are better than this story. Um, it's just a testament to this era how good it is. But you can see that they're starting to focus on horror a lot more. And the mm-hmm. horror sequences in this are actually really, really well done and directed by Canfield. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Say what you will about, about Tom Baker's era of uh, Doctor Who, but there they really does, especially in these early episodes, there's just like a kind of magic to them. Oh, yeah. Which sure. I, I, like are just, are just totally... like just of their era, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. And, like, you never see Doctor Who put into, like, a gothic horror context. Like, I'm speaking specifically about the barn scene when I think of it. Like, that is a legitimately terrifying scene. Uh-huh. It just, and I, I, I've long said that I'm not a huge horror fan. Like, I've been like, no, I don't really like horror movies and getting scared. But, like, I just eat, I just eat that scene up because it's so incredibly well done and just harkens to a store like i don't even know what it reminds me of but it reminds me of something and it just it just feels right you know um Mm -hmm. this this tom baker era like this these three seasons like i'm not the biggest tom baker fan like i think there are far better doctors but i cannot deny the ridiculous quality of this especially Mm -hmm. because this is like in the weaker half of this season um, easily in the weaker half of the season because like mm-hmm. two episodes, two stories after this is Pyramids of Mars, which is one of the five best classic stories ever produced, in my opinion. Um, just insane. Um, it also sees the final appearance of the Brigadier for like almost ten years. Uh, the Brigadier kind of disappears after this and reappears in Modern Undead, which is a Peter Davison story. Um, it's also, I think, the last appearance of Benton, and uh, it's also. The final appearance uh, as a regular TARDIS companion, he also shows up in Android Invasion of Harry, who just decides to leave, I guess. 
um, for, for no real reason. Uh, just kind of leaves. Uh, but it's a, I don't know, it's a really fun, great story. And it's one of those things where it's like, I'm saving, I try not to do too many of these stories because they're just so good and it'd be so easy to just make a run of them. But I just, I love this so much. Mm-hmm. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, Tom, Tom Baker, uh, I mean, these first three seasons are so good that, uh, you know, it 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 powered him for another four years afterwards. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like when you're like when you think about it, like the stories that are great of his, like not even really even the first three seasons, it's more like the first three and a half until Robert Holmes leaves. But like Robot, Ark in Space, Genesis of the Daleks, Terror of the Zygons, Pyramids of Mars, Brain of Morbius, Seeds of Doom, Mask of Mandragora. Hand of Fear, Deadly Assassin, Robots of Death, Talons of Wang Chang, Horror of Fang Rock, Image of the Fendal. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's, like, that is insane. All of those stories, like, if I could watch them right now, I would go watch them right now. But I'm busy <laughs> doing this, so I can't, which is unfortunate. Uh, but, but, like, that run is it's the most ridiculously consistent Doctor Who run, like, ever. Like there's only like four stories that aren't super great, and one of and one of them is written by Terry Nation. So there you go. Um. <laughs> there you go, indeed. Uh, anyway. So before we get started with uh, discussing Terror of the Zycons, I want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. And this month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, Captain America Winter Soldier Ultimate Collection by Ed Brubaker, Steve Epting, Mike Perkins, and Michael Lark. This book is available for only fifteen forty nine, which is thirty eight percent off the suggested retail price of twenty four ninety nine. And remember, all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades dot com. And for thirteen issues of a comic book, fifteen forty nine is not bad at all. No, it's especially not, one this good. <laughs> yeah, so I was just about to say that yeah. some of the best. Like spy espionage comics, I think I've ever read in my life. Absolutely, absolutely. Just, just, just to show you that Ed Brubaker can start something. It's really totally well. phenomenal and totally standalone. Like you, if you can go into this knowing nothing about Captain America, and mm-hmm. and leave reading them being a Captain America fan, it's that yeah. quick. That's what these thirteen turn, issues do. Turn me into a Captain America fan. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, definitely. Let's see. Okay. Uh, all right. So popping into episode one, I have a question. Sure. Why is Harry wearing the doctor's scarf? <laughs> I don't even know. Because <laughs> I, I got to say, I got to say creepy. It's a little creepy. It is, and I'm trying so... to think of this, of, of the, the event that could have occurred to have him be wearing his scarf. And I really needed to turn my brain off and stop thinking about it because I really just didn't want to. <laughs> it's the scarf of shame, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, oh, man. I don't <laughs> – look, I just said shame. Where you go with that is your problem. Um, <laughs> the I don't know, but I think – what I would say is it's just like – it's almost like the doctor gave Harry his scarf and said, look out for it. Look out for this. But instead of shoving it into his pocket because – no one, no one really has pockets that big. Uh, Harry just decided to wear it because the doctor in this, for like the first like part of this episode, is wearing like a Scottish garb for literally no reason, just yeah. to be ridiculous. Yep, which is funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, apparently that's a Tom Baker thing because yeah. if the if the situation presents itself in which he can wear a costume, he does so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he likes which, to be festive. Is- he likes to be festive. 
Yeah, which is cool. I, I mean, I like... I actually really like the Scottish thing, and it's actually really sad that he doesn't wear it. Like, I honestly think it's really sad that he doesn't wear it, because Tom Baker gets so many different variations on his costume that it's... Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a bummer when he does. If there is a it. if there is a Christmas episode, like I'm pretty sure that that Tom Baker Doctor would have either worn a scarf made of Christmas lights or a wreath. <laughs> it would have been <laughs> one or the other, possibly I would, both. I would have paid to see that. That would yeah. have been so phenomenal. Um, <laughs> or it's like maybe his scarf glows with like you know one of those tacky like light tracks or whatever. Yeah, that would yeah. be. That would be excellent. Um, I'm pretty sure. With, like, little animated reindeer on it, you know? And they're just, like... It's just, like, one shot of a reindeer, but, like, as it moves, it looks like the reindeer is, like, bounding up his scarf or something. Yeah, exactly. I'd love that. Yeah. That'd be so fun. Someone <laughs> someone animate that. He has we to, won't like, pay you for he, it, but... He, like, plugs it into his coat. <laughs> like, there's some sort of power source in there. <laughs> I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe it's run on, like... On big teeth or something. I don't know. Mm, that's possible. Um, or hair. Whatever. <laughs> or curly hair. Yeah. 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 Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Next Never question. underestimate Tom Baker. Next um, question. What could possibly make the Brigadier more badass? Answer a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> I, to- I totally agree. Especially because it seems to come out of nowhere. And all of a sudden yeah. he's like, by the way, I'm Scottish. And I've always been Scottish. Uh, where were you? It's, just, it's a little, it's a little strange, but so awesome. Uh-huh. Again, makes me sad that he's not doing it for the whole story, because like he, he, he does it does for it. most of it. He does it through most of it. Really, I didn't. I, I only remember it in the first scene, and then like oh, later on. No, I'm pretty sure. I, I, I might, I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure he's wearing it the entire time. Because like Uh-oh. at the end when they're walking to the the TARDIS. He's yeah, wearing like he, he's got like the knee high, knee high, <laughs> the knee, oh the knee high socks and the kilt. And, oh yeah, I remember God. it there, but I think it's I think it's only in those two scenes. Uh, I I I hope you're right, and maybe when I watch mm. it again, I'll notice it. But I I think uh, maybe he was just shot from the waist up a lot, probably because the probably because uh, the actor who plays Brigadier probably wasn't comfortable wearing it on the set all the time or something. Which is which is unfortunate because Nicholas Courtney is kind of a badass. So. Yep. Yep. Well, yep. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Um. Anyway, so the Doctor and Sarah Jane and Harry are summoned back to Earth and called over to Unit. So they they hitchhike over to the to the Unit compound, which is in which is taking hold in this uh, small little Scottish village, which is near Loch Ness. Um. And they get a they get a ride from this Duke, who's a Duke. Uh, it's, he's, and he's kind of acting kind of like a little bit of a jerk, just very quiet and very reserved and, and stuff like that. Um, and they, they start talking to the brigadier who is wearing a kilt, which is awesome. And the doctor who is wearing like one of those like Scott, black Scottish hats with like the, the little red fuzz on top and like a, a red and black Scottish scarf. It's just, (laughs) just, just awesome. Um, they, and they they start talking and they find out that there's trouble afoot and we get a call back to this thing that we saw at the opening which was a an attack on this oil rig. Um, so there's trouble with this oil rig and well, why does this... the doctor have such an attitude here? Well, that's actually an interesting question because you haven't seen a lot of this season, but Tom Baker in his second season takes the Doctor into like a grumpy old man place, which actually sounds, when I mention it, like a like a not a cool thing. But um, 
is more of like a just just kind of, it's it's a very interesting take on the doctor where he becomes like grumpy and angry and impatient with things and while I'm very against that later on it somehow they make it work here because he's such an alien and not really into humans as a thing like you see it a little bit in pyramids of mars where he's kind of angry that he has to come back to earth but you also see it in the brain of morbius where he realizes that the time lords are messing with him and he just decides to sit on a rock and pout for like you know a couple minutes while he you know doesn't put up with the with uh, the time lords and what they want so hmm. i think that's really the start of this it goes away in his third season uh all of a sudden he becomes a much more you know, playful doctor. In That's good. Like Cause that. I, yeah. I like him being playful, like in robot and, um, like all of those early, those, those first season episodes. Like I, yeah. I like, I like the playfulness doctor. Mm. I don't, and that's why I, I like... like him later on. Yeah. Um, Cause he's really playful in robots of death and, uh, even the deadly assassin, he's more playful than any, than, than he is grumpy. But it's an interesting take and one that I actually find myself enjoying, specifically in this season, not later on. Because he gets really grumpy and angry later and like a belligerent drunk, um, which is not my favorite. Uh, No. (laughs) As everyone who listens to this show knows. Yes. Well, when we when we do Invisible Enemy, you'll see because that is some drunk Tom Baker. Like he's awesome. But hey, but hey, you know, it's the irony is that we'll both be belligerent drunks while talking about it. I like to think of it as method acting. Um, oh, OK. Just getting, just getting into, it's, into the, it's, it's into meta. The zone. It's meta. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, there's there's trouble with this oil refinery and the doctors like railing against humans for uh, doing this um, for harvesting, you know, materials from their planet just for energy, which is stupid. Um and there's then he starts asking what the heck's going on because there's bagpipes playing constantly. And the landlord is this guy named Angus who just apparently is really angry at Unit for, for showing up. But instead of kicking Unit out, he really passive-aggressively just plays the bagpipes nonstop and really loud, which is <laughs> just kind of phenomenal. It's yeah. just like, for no... Just because I love passive-aggressive characters. They're just... They're just fantastic. Um... <laughs> So this guy from the oil rig attack washes ashore and he collapses um, and and starts getting up and then he starts like cross like traversing these moors because they're in Scotland. Uh, he starts traversing these moors trying to find civilization, but he's very weak and very wiped out because he's been you know he's been thrashing thrashing along the waves all night. Um, and uh, Harry is out. Uh, looking for people because you know they're looking for these uh, these these guys uh, who are washing ashore to investigate. And Harry comes to the rescue. While this is going on, this mountain man, because um, <laughs> he's just got this completely insane giant beard, and he's called the Caver, which is you know basically uh, I think it's Scottish for giant tree. Don't don't quote me on that, but it's something like that. Because caber toss means like tree toss or something. Because in Scotland they're real men, so they'll just do tree tosses. Um, <laughs> the caber the caber is like basically running around the fields looking for people, and he just he just like sees that this guy is hanging out, and this guy like collapses and Harry runs to him and he's like what's going on and we don't hear what the guy says to Harry except that there was a creature a creature and 
And then the caber just shoots the guy just for no reason, just snipes him from the from the hill. And Harry like freaks out because he's getting shot at. And then Harry gets gets nicked himself, like right in the in the skull, as they say, like he's the bullet grazed his skull, which is a really lucky shot. Whenever someone gets their skull grazed by a bullet, it's a really lucky shot that it didn't, you know, just, you know, go into your skull. Well, um, I have I have a theory that I, I'm pretty sure Harry has superpowers because I think he was actually I think he was dodging bullets by the way he was moving. <laughs> Something like the Matrix like Yeah, because like I I think I think it grazed him because the way he rolled his head as it was firing past him. <laughs> he just like happened to snap his head back and it just like ricocheted off. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm pretty I sure. I think you might be right. Yeah, I think, I think, right. I think Harry has superpowers, and I think that's why he stayed behind, is because he realized, I have superpowers. I don't need to travel with you. I can do good here. Yeah. On, on Earth. Yeah, um, and then and then see, what happened in those ten years that we didn't get to see is actually the Brigadier and Harry become a uh, crime-fighting duo. Which is awesome. <laughs> yes. That's great. Show me that show. I want that. <laughs> and and Harry's, uh, Harry's superhero name is The Dodger. And eventually he takes up art and becomes the artful dodger. Um, so, so uh, I don't also, know, I really like... Also, we skip past this, but uh, the Zygons are, like, watching yeah. them. And really, this is so poorly done that it really just looks like they're watching Doctor Who. Like, it just looks like... <laughs> Like like Doctor Who the show like it just yeah. looks like they're like they just tuned into their local BBC and they're just like mm, yeah what's because on it's TV? all like multi camera and stuff it's yeah not like, it's not like a CCTV or something which right is right hilarious yeah I know uh, it's just really fun like it zooms in at one point dramatically <laughs> and you know that there's this one Zygon who just he's just in it so that people get to see his work yeah he's, he's, just, directing. he's just trying to. <laughs> He's like cut to camera three. He's, he's now like, he's he's like the director on Studio sixty. Like <laughs> it's that guy in a Zygon outfit. <laughs> oh, I want a, I want a Zygon spinoff. There's now. Matt, so there, there's a Matt Al- Albi <laughs> Zygon somewhere, and he's just popping pills constantly and yelling at people. Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the Duke Zygon. I mean, spoilers. Um, so. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's kind of a jerk. Um, th- so I love the, the scene where Harry gets shot is actually like it's just a great scene from Douglas Canfield because like I don't know I just love the way that that Canfield shoots it like it's all of it's so real you know like it it just it just grabs me every time I see it where I'm just like whoa this is this is kind of grisly and dark and yeah for a second I thought that that was that was the end of Harry like I thought he actually got shot in the head. Yeah, and yeah, was and dead. Because then, right after that, is when you hear like the bagpipes. <laughs> the doctor is just like, "Yeah, that means somebody's dead." So anyway, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it kind of does feel like that now that you mention it. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's just one of those great Canfield scenes. Um, anyway, so they they drag Harry off to the hospital. Um, and uh, they're like, "Oh," and this nurse who's acting very strange. Uh, she's kind of, she's kind of aloof and not very uh, in, like personal. Like she's just very monotone and creepy. Just but no one goes, notices that. No one, no yeah, one, no one thinks that's weird. Well, that's how nurses acted in the seventies. So it's <laughs> it's not you know 
this is <laughs> it was a very difficult time to get things done. Um, she's just like, well, the bullet grazed his skull, and and the doctor's like, okay, well, let's go, let's go, let's go investigate this other thing that we found because they found a they found a section of the um, of the oil rig that got out uh, that got washed ashore, and he mm-hmm. starts to plaster Paris it. Sarah stays behind to watch over Harry, and um, the doctor realizes that whatever took out this oil rig did it with teeth. Um, and, and Sarah, and he calls Sarah and he's like, how's Harry doing? And she's like, oh, he's fine. What happened? And he's like, well, teeth took out this oil rig. And she's like, that's weird. And then all of a sudden (laughs) she turns around and we have, I'm calling this a great cliffhanger. Maybe you'll disagree with me, but she just turns around and all of a sudden there's this weird giant headed coral looking creature, which we'll later know as a Zygon, just coming right at her going, and that's where the episode ends. It's yeah, no, it's, it's a good cliffhanger. Um, I, I think I think my only uh, the cliffhanger that I have a complaint about it would be the third one, but that's yeah, just because uh, I'm a big believer that cliffhangers on classic Doctor Who should build. So the first one should be good, the second one should be better, and the third one should be great. Yeah, that's agreed. how that's what I think, and that's Especially not the case here. Like it definitely builds to the second one, and then the third one is just like um, they're they're getting away. Uh, yeah. that's it (laughs) the doctor's on board uh oh yeah oh Um, no but can I just say this because we didn't we didn't mention this but the Zygons they're they 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 have a control board in which we're seeing close ups of them touching their controls and and controlling things and I I don't want to use the word controls or touching so much as I want to say fondling (laughs) Because it made me really uncomfortable, and I think that it, I think I think it was shot a little too sexy. It was a yeah. little too sexy. <laughs> well, because really, they're not touching; they are fondling. Like, yeah, it's a it's just, a gentle caress. Of it's the- it freaked me out. I think that was the <laughs> scariest part of this. It's just like, what are they doing to those control boys? Leave those controls alone! Don't. Why are you talking? Where, where did the Zygon touch you? <laughs> On the knob. Um, so, uh, so, oh, so we no. come back. We come back. The doctor and unit uh, all all race over to the hospital to find that Sarah and Harry are missing. Harry, <laughs> Harry is missing from his bed, and the nurse is like, "Well, the window's open. He probably just, you know, climbed out the window." Uh, <laughs> Which is hilarious to me, because she like she's got this all worked out. Because spoilers, she's evil, um, and she's acting very strange. And the doctor starts wandering around the hospital looking for Sarah Jane, because you know she left the the Zygon didn't even have the courtesy of putting the phone off the hook. It like left a clue for the doctor to find, which is so weird. Uh, just because they want the Zygons want to get rid of the doctor, but they're just like you know just send him away. Don't don't treat him like this. Um, the Zygons argue, whisper everything. Well, they whisper everything. Like they well, well it's, and it's not just whispering. It's like it's like an argue whisper. Like like when like y- you and somebody are like in the corner of some somewhere and you're arguing, but you don't want anyone to hear you're arguing. So you're just like you're like whisper arguing. Like yeah, like don't interrupt me in public. Yeah yeah <laughs> exactly. That's how the Zygons talk. <laughs> we will take over the Earth. We'll do it today. What if, you know? what, what if I told you about talking to your brother like that? <laughs> look, look, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to do a show. I'm just trying to do a show. Don't, why are you under reminding me at every turn? This isn't, this isn't, this isn't effective. No. I, 
keep waiting for whoever they're they're hiding their conversation from to come up and they'd be like, Oh hey <laughs> <laughs> We were just, you know <laughs> We were talking about up. you. <laughs> we were talking about your drink. Would you like a refill? I'll be right back. (laughs) Keith, will you join me, please? Um, (laughs) I'm not not thirsty. Keith, join me. (laughs) Keith, I thought you wanted a drink right now. (laughs) Will you come with me, please? Um, (laughs) Sorry. Um, so, um, So... The doctor is walking around, and I don't know where they leave Sarah Jane. It's like a cell in this hospital. Like, they literally have, like, a crazy person cell in this Mm -hmm. hospital. Or, like, a sensory deprivation chamber or something. Mm -hmm. And the doctor finds her inside, and he runs in, and and Sarah's freaking out, like, oh my gosh, what what was it? I'm all all scared. And and the doctor... And she's and she screams and the doctor turns around just in time to see the the shit like a Zygon really quickly just shut the door. Well, it um, has a well, it has a blind it has blinds like it has a window and blinds. The room does. So yeah. I imagine like it almost seems like the nurse the nurse Z- nurse Zygon came into the like came into the hospital and like fired whoever's office that was. <laughs> <laughs> like if it was like it was like a nurse secretary fired right. them and like turned it into a cell <laughs> and like installed a safe lock on it yeah like one of those crank locks yeah I'm pretty yeah, sure that's, that's what happened because it's it's really it's just an office room that can apparently yeah. get the oxygen sucked out of it <laughs> and there's like a control panel on the wall which doesn't sound safe at all just mm. not. I don't know. I wouldn't trust a hospital that does that. But, no. You know. And I this continues my my thoughts of how much I hate that the doctor can hypnotize people. Hate it. Hate it. Okay. All right. I noted. Noted. I don't yeah. think I remembered that or we might not have discussed that before, but the doctor um hypnotizes Sarah into, into not um, breathing. <laughs> because you can do that. <laughs> and then Unconscious. It's it's fine. Like, and I, I I love how just like how mean he is to her. Like, she's just like I I can't breathe, and she's just like he's like shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's about that's about the measure of it. Yeah, um, about- I, and he's just like shut up and listen to me. And then he just like he's like you don't need to breathe. And then she just <laughs> suddenly doesn't need to breathe anymore. And then in – I don't know if it's in celebration of this or what. He just yells out. <laughs> just goes – Yeah. For no, for no reason. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of – I don't know if you remember in The Power of Crawl, but The Power of Crawl has this part where the doctor sh- – the doctor shatters glass by calling out like a hawk. And it's the funniest thing in the entire world. Oh my god, I remember that. That was yeah. It's wow. just I don't even know how he does that sound or what that is, but it's <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, so the doctor convinces Sarah that she doesn't need to breathe. Um, I'm okay. I'm okay with the doctor like putting himself into a into a into a coma. That's that's cool. Like that's established that he can do that. Like I I, I I'm on board with that, but. You're you're kind of right about <laughs> Sarah. You don't need to breathe. She's like, oh, I guess not. Um, just, I'll just I'll just sit here and and not breathe then, and it won't affect my brain at all. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, and so while this is going on, Harry is brought before the Zygons who explain we're the Zygons, we are, um, we are looking for a new planet, and we're going to take over, and we have this thing called the Scarrison, which is kind of a part monster, part cyborg sort of thing. So it's like a, it's like a cyborg. Um, and they're like, we're going to, we're going to do this. And we're, and we're also, uh, we can shape shift. So we can do that, which is cool. I really like that, you know, shape shifters on Doctor Who, especially because it allows them to do really cool horror stuff. Um, mm-hmm. with the, it reminds me of like invasion of the body snatchers or something where you don't know who is who and stuff. So it's, it's kind of cool. Um, so he's like, they're like, we can, we can shape shift and we're going to, we're going to shape shift into you and we're going to use you to help us. So Benton shows up at the room and he, he finally, he finds them in the room and he's like, I got this. And he turns on the air and he opens the door and the doctor wakes up and snaps Sarah Jane out of her coma, which he has to do very carefully because if he does it wrong, it'll kill her. Uh, never mind the fact that she isn't actually breathing. She just, you know, he has to snap her out just right. Um, and he does it by snapping her neck. <laughs> it's like, Which? you have to do this just right. And then he starts reaching for her, her neck. And, like, I'm sorry if I was the person, like, waiting for him to do whatever he's going to do. Like, I would just be like, wait, whoa, 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 what are you doing there? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> You're not wrong. Although it's really funny that it happens here because there's a there's a fantastic neck snap in Robert Bank Stewart's other episode, Seeds of Doom, which is literally the Doctor snaps someone's neck, which is phenomenal. <laughs> what? Uh, we'll get there. Um, oh my god! I, I don't want to say anything else about it because it literally. I was watching it. With, I was watching it with Cassandra, and all of a sudden. It happens, and we're just, we literally go, what the hell just happened? What? Hang on. Hang on. Didn't the doctor just kill this guy? And the guy, no, apparently he just, like, sprained it or something. It was weird. It was weird. Seeds of Doom, man. Very strange story. Very strange story. But awesome, but very strange. Um, so, he apparently learned this whole thing from a Tibetan monk. I'm not cool with that. I'm not cool with the doctor just hanging out with a Tibetan monk for a few months and learning the ways of the monks. Really? Because he does that. This is a pre-established notion. I'm not. I'm not cool with that. I feel really? like the doctor. Like, I don't know. Like the the doctor always has a sense of urgency about him, about his character, and I can't mm-hmm. imagine him just being like, "Yeah, I'm going to chill here for a month." Like, well, despite the fact, despite the fact that he's a time traveler and he technically doesn't need to be in a hurry to anything, he always yeah. seems to be in a hurry. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I have no, a problem with him just hanging out for a month somewhere. No, or or months, sense. possibly years. We don't actually know. Well, it's not like... Well, that is the basic tenement of uh, the twin dilemma, but <laughs> we don't really accept much of that as canon. No, uh, let's not. Let's, let's not. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> So while this is going on, the Zygons uh, send gas into the village and knock everyone out, including the Brigadier and um, and other people. And um, and I don't and I don't remember even why they did this. They just kind of did it, I guess. Um, and the Doctor arrives back to the place. He wakes everyone up, um, and he finds this little tiny totem, which is a which is this thing that calls the creature. Uh, which is basically the Loch Ness monster, but this, this, the Zygons call it the Scarison. Um, and he he finds it, and he goes off to investigate uh, a death that is reported, um, leaving Sarah Jane behind. Which is 
such a staple of this story. Like, at every turn, the Doctor's just trying to get away from Sarah Jane. Just... Well, she even mentions it. And then, like, like she even mentions at one point about always being left behind. And, like, I just think it's so funny because he does. He spends the whole story getting away from Sarah Jane. And then at the end, when he doesn't think anyone's going to come with me, come with him, he's just like, Sarah Jane, please? Like, he's just looking such a sad puppy. I'm like, you've been trying to get as far away from her as possible in this entire trip. Like... Now you're sad that she's not going to come with you. He's just he's just a lonely old man, I think, is the moral of the story. He's very um, confused. So while this is going on, he goes to investigate this death, um, and he see and, he, and him and the Brigadier unit find this body that's been eviscerated and trampled and eaten a little bit, and they're like, that's not good. And while this is going on, this is um this is probably my favorite sequence in the whole story. But this is when Harry shows up and he, evil Zygon he, Harry. Evil Zygon Harry shows up and he just he just kind of walks into the to the to the village, walks into the room with Sarah Jane, and Sarah Jane's like, "Harry, where have you been?" He's like, "I walked." And she's like, "Oh, that's weird." And he just he just takes the little Saracen collar, which the the Zygons have been missing because the doc because the the doctor found it or whatever, and <laughs> just he just takes it and leaves. And Sarah and he pushes Sarah away and he starts running for it. And Sarah realizes <laughs> that that Harry's you know not Harry. Um, it, something's up, and <laughs> she chases after him. <laughs> And then is like, I can't catch him. So she runs off, gets some backup. She finds three unit dudes who are just walking through the village, just around the corner. And she's like, we found Harry. We got to go get him. Let's go. And they all race after (laughs) Harry. And then they realize that there's a fork in the road. And Sarah Jane is like, you guys go that way. I'll go this way. And she just leaves her backup behind. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) All my backup, go off on your own. I don't need any of you to come with me. (laughs) <laughs> which is which is funny, but it also leads to this legitimately terrifying sequence where she kind of goes into a barn, and from the moment that she realizes that there's something in the barn, it's just like this really tense, taut thriller mm-hmm. sequence where she kind of goes into the barn, she sees the collar, and then all of a sudden she um, she is set upon by Zygon Harry, who tries to attack her with a pitchfork, which is mm-hmm. grisly. Evil um, Zygon just, Harry is evil. Oh gosh, is he evil? Yeah. Um, and just also uh, lesson to be learned on Doctor Who: if uh, you find yourself within an episode of Doctor Who, uh, don't go in a barn. Just don't, <laughs> because there's always something bad in the barn. So just don't go in there. <laughs> After the Silurians, we should we should all know this by now. Yeah, but yeah. apparently not. Nope. Uh, although this is this is better than the, this section is. Well, this than is the Silurians. yeah, this is quite um, a bit better. <laughs> But I'm um, just saying, Barnes, not good. Not yeah, not good. not not a great idea. Especially <laughs> that's that's also like in in it's in, don't I don't that's not really a farm, but like the Autons attack a house that is a farmhouse. And yeah, that's what I was thinking space. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's weird. That's, ah, don't just don't just stay away from Barnes. If you hear a supernatural activity, just don't go there because they are a hotbed of just I don't know space aliens. Love hay, love hay. I guess. Um, they don't have it on their planet, and it gives I, them it gives them some sort of comfort. <laughs> they just love to bathe in it. It's like just catnip. <laughs> it's alien catnip. <laughs> I think you 
might be right. Um, so, so you're just going to walk into a barn one day, and there's just going to be aliens just lounging all throughout the barn, not being able to move. Just, like, nomming it, like, just dropping it into their mouths like grapes, you know? Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be the greatest day of my life. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> so uh, Sarah's attacked by the Zygon, but the Zygon trips and falls and <laughs> apparently dies. Just falls down and transforms back into its Zygon form. Uh, and, and Sarah's like, "Oh, I guess the Zygons can can shapeshift, which is which is interesting." Well, um, that was it was yeah that was a creepy moment. That, yeah, sure. definitely. Which is like just this whole sequence. Like this is this is why Douglas Canfield is really good. For, for one thing, he does a really good job of shooting everything. Like everything is visually very very well constructed. But like this sequence where you just have the shot of Harry coming at you and it's all hand cam. It's just it's just really really tonally beautiful and it just mm-hmm. gets it's moody and stuff. It just it works mm-hmm. works really really well. Um. So they go back to uh she goes back to the village with the with the little um Saracen collar. Uh it's it's not really a collar, it's more like a signal device, I guess. Um and she uh says, "Oh, I was attacked, but we found the Zygon, but the Zygon escaped somehow. I don't know how it escaped, but it just kind of got up and left." Um and she she heads back to this place and she's like, okay, well, the Zygons seem to know every move of ours, or whoever these guys are, and they seem to know every move of ours, so let's not act here, let's get out, let's let's lead the monster away while, um, while we look for this thing and try to track down where the Zygons are. And the doctor's like, I got this. So he picks up the... <laughs> he picks up the signal device and has this real... <laughs> This is the greatest sequence in this entire story. You think so? Just this the one, doctor is... just running full speed through the field. He's <laughs> just going up and down hills and like he'll like plow down a hill and then he'll like pop up suddenly and look back. <laughs> and oh. he's being chased by the Saracen. It's pretty it's oh pretty God, awesome. I love it. Um he's he's running through a hilly field. Being chased by the Loch Ness monster, like this, yeah. What could awesome. be better than that? What could be better know. than that? <laughs> not much. Not much. Yeah. The Doctor is Sherlock Holmes. I, that, that's really all that comes to mind. Um, <laughs> you haven't seen it yet. I know. Um, I haven't. So uh, he's running across the fields, and he's got this thing in his hand, and he's trying to distract the Saracen, and it's. Oh, it's just so phenomenal watching him just run and the, this thing trying to chase after him, and he um, and he falls and the Saracen sets upon him, and uh, we cut to credits and that's the end of the episode. It's a mm-hmm. great cliffhanger, especially because it's like the Loch Ness monster's bearing down on the Doctor. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, and then episode three starts with uh, Nessie looking around, really confused and kind of adorable. <laughs> That's the one thing about it. It's like the Loch Ness monster. You know that they meant for it to be terrifying, but because it's all thin and stuff, it just looks really adorable. Like, yeah, just so cute. It's like the cutest little Loch Ness monster since Water Horse. Um, <laughs> oh, that movie. Um, oh. So 
while this is going on, Harry distracts the Saracen, and the Doctor manages to um, uh, to be saved, I guess. He just kind of keeps the signal air while the Zygon Loch Ness Monster kind of runs away. Right. It's, uh, it's it, well, what Harry does is he, uh, he, he hits some controls because he's free within the Zygon ship, and it makes the, the creature, uh, you know, kind of lose interest and just kind of leave. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, the Zygon's like, ah, oh, darn it, because the the, the way that it, this this thing works, it's it's this weird thing because the thing the thing in the Doctor's hand is attached to the Doctor's life force. So when Harry hits the controls, the thing is suddenly able to leave the Doctor's hand because it was sticking to his hand. Um, and then the Zygon's like, oh, it's not picking up a life force, so it must be dead. Never mind that. Uh, um, the <laughs> The thing that Harry did allowed it to leave his hand and not pick up his life force. So the the Zygon calls the Scarison away, um, and the Doctor returns to um, to to the village where um, or he he starts to return to the vill- he heads back to the village. And while this is going on, Angus the landlord really hates that people are looking for bugs. Uh, I just think this is really funny because I find Angus hilarious. Um, he's just like, the best landlord in the world because he, he plays bagpipes for me constantly. He's, um, he's phenomenal. And uh, can I just say, like, when they realize that there that there's a bug, they're whispering again, and I, that's when I realized there was a lot of whispering in this story. It really, it really is. It's like a the lot. The Zygons of, are whispering. It's, it's, yeah, the Zygons are whispering. The, there's that gag when when um, the, the soldier like walks into the to the room to save the doctor and Sarah and. He's whispering because the doctor's whispering, and then the doctor's like, "Why are you whispering?" <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy starts talking normally. Yeah, it was. It was I was so just funny. like, "There's so much whispering in this." <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, also, uh, when they figure out that the camera, then the bug is in the deer. Like, how did they not know? Those deer eyes are creepy. <laughs> They're like the freakiest deer eyes in the world. It's like, like it's like somebody pulled out the real deer's eyes and and went to the craft store and got like googly eyes and glued it <laughs> to the deer. They just head. got giant. They got ping pong balls, cut them in half, and then just drew big pupils on them with sharp. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, just I for one thing, I'm not huge on stuffed animals, but like I would just look at that and be like, Bleh! you know, because that's kind of what the deer looks like. Um, yeah, yeah. So. The brigadier and Sarah find the doctor traipsing across the moors, and he's like, "We gotta, we gotta visit the duke's cas- castle and ask him to uh, depth charge Loch Ness to get um, to to try and kill the Loch Ness monster." Um, and while this is going on, the the unit people why why they didn't figure this out, I don't know. The unit people have all left. They're like, "Well, we don't see a bug, so there must not be a bug. We've turned this place over end to end. We didn't look at the eyes, but <laughs> Angus." For the first time, sees the eyes and is like, "Oh crap, that's where they're doing it." And this, they dispatch the nurse Zygon to take him out, which they do, which is kind of freaky. Um, it is, just, just, but it's also it's also uh, like <laughs> it's not so much a problem so much as it's just it's just a thing that you kind of accept in that yeah. in classic Doctor Who. Innocent people are getting killed either by getting shot with a laser or strangled. It's one or the other. <laughs> That's it. That is how people die on this show. 
there's very rarely a horrific death, but those horrific deaths, man, those are yeah. that's where it is. Um, yeah. but you're not you're not wrong. There's a lot of strangling. There's another story coming up later that has a lot of strangling, which you'll be watching <laughs> sooner or later. Uh, but you'll know you'll know when you see it. And also, um, every time that they're getting strangled, they they wait patiently until they get strangled. <laughs> they just back up like no, no. <laughs> you will not strangle me, and then they get and then strangled. they get strangled. Yeah, it's just them's them's the breaks. Um, so the in fact, in fact, I'm pretty sure that uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that <laughs> Harry's uh, arch nemesis is uh, the strangler. I'm pretty sure. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, that's the case. If only it was the fat guy strangler. Anyways, so um, that's oh, possibly no. the best episode of that show. Not joking. The, do- the Dodger versus the Strangler. <laughs> Tell me you would not watch that show. Oh, I'd watch it, especially if it's got like one of those old-timey radio. <laughs> and now we've got the Dodger yeah. back in his corner, and he's, uh, he's uh, waiting. And, uh, th- and the Brigadier in like a sidecar, like... Because obviously the Dodger would ride a motorcycle with a sidecar, and the Brigadier would be in the sidecar. <laughs> Just kind of annoyed the whole time, like, do I really have to be in here? Yeah. In fact, I think that's what his name would be. I think it would be the Dodger and sidecar. <laughs> Traipsing across the moors of Scotland in search of Zygons. <laughs> the Dodger and I'll sidecar. <laughs> it's almost as good as Wheels and the Leg Man. Oh, um, no. <laughs> Um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched that so many times. Um, so we then get, like, the Bigfoot sequence of this story, which is this Zygon. The nurse Zygon randomly decides... Like, this is my one problem with the Zygons. For some reason, the production theme thinks that we need to keep seeing Zygons, which makes sense to me. But why does this nurse chick decide to not look like a Zygon? Or to decide to look like a Zygon... Because, like, she's running from Unit, who are traipsing through the woods, and there's, like, there's even the Bigfoot shot. Like, you, the, the Bigfoot shot was created here. Like, just, <laughs> did you see it? Like, yeah. all of a sudden, the Zygon's just, just walking across the woods, and you just see it kind of look over at Unit and just start running. And, and Unit <laughs> starts to um, shoot at it, and, mm-hmm. and they chase after it, and um, it's just kind of, it's just kind of awesome. Just... I like I like the creature design of the Zygons too because like in a lot of these classic shows like when they create a an alien race they all sort of look uniform they all kind of yeah. look the same but the Zygons don't they all look different at least yeah, at least from a, the neck up which is good yeah that's good enough which it's it's a good like some of them have like sunken eyes and some don't it's it's mm-hmm. just a it's a really solid design and why part, you know, part octopus that, part starfish and coral there's they they have coral involved too yeah which is, everyone everyone loves coral. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, the Zygon's been shot, and it just kind of it turns back into the into the nurse chick, and there's this really kind of chilling. I found it kind of chilling, where she just kind of walks out, and you're just like, oh no. And this, and I, not that I cared about the the unit, excuse me, the unit soldier very much, but when she like just clobbers him, I was like, oh, that's sad and kind of dark. Um. Uh. At least she didn't strangle him. I guess she's she's hit her stranglehold quota for the day. Um, <laughs> so 
Uh, so she kills the soldier as um, as the nurse, and she's like bleeding and stuff. It's kind of dark. Um, and while this is going on, the doctor, the brigadier, and Sarah arrive at the Duke's castle, and they're like, can we depth charge? And the Duke's like, no, that's stupid. The Loch Ness Monster isn't real. And um, Sarah's left behind. Um, and because <laughs> the doctor and... And the brigadier called away because of this uh, this Zygon running through the woods Bigfoot fiasco. So they leave Sarah behind just to investigate the bookshelf and try and find... And of course, <laughs> of course, because Sarah is awesome. She, <laughs> she is messing with the bookcase for literally five seconds and finds the secret passage. Yeah. That's my favorite thing about those old bookcases, man. They just put the mo- the book in the most obvious place. Yeah. There's not even, like, the corner. Like, you know, if it were me, I'd put it in the bottom right-hand corner. No one would expect it there. It's true. Yeah. And you'd kick it to get the, yeah. the door to open. Yeah. And it's foot. it responds to my foot specifically. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm following you. Yeah. It's a, win- it's a win-win situation. Uh, just the way to go. Um, so she heads down this secret passage, which goes on for a really long way, um, and she goes into uh, the Zygon the Zygon base, where they find... where she finds Harry and rescues him. Um, and, and I love the... I love the section, because, like, when she, uh... Like, she's got, like... <laughs> I don't know. Like, she just got, like, a complex now, because, like, that door slides open, and she goes through it, and it starts to shut, and she's like, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> back to the other side and then, and then like ponders a minute before she moves on and I'm just like yeah. yeah you have been stuck behind too many closed doors haven't you there Sarah Jane <laughs> she like she's, growing as his, she's growing as his assistant I think I think it's just showing growth of character yeah it's just, it's awesome. she's like oh no not this again <laughs> I will not be trapped <laughs> Why do you have to close the door? I don't understand. Um, so she uh, she winds up in the Zygon base. She rescues Harry, and they're like, "We have to get, we have to get back to the castle." And they find the nurse, and um, the nurse is carried by the Caber. That's his name, the Caber. Um, it's still it's still the Caber, uh, the Caber who is a who is a Zygon Zygon replicant, and um, the Duke who is also a Zygon replicant. And they go up to the they they head up to the castle. And they they manage to sneak past all the Zygons and go back to the castle, where they meet the Doctor and the Brigadier, who realize that um that they left Sarah Jane alone. Finally, they realize that she's alone, and the Doctor's like, "Wait here, I got this," and he disappears into the passageway for two seconds. He is literally gone for two seconds, and then you just hear him scream, and then the Zygons walk out and go, "You come any closer, the Doctor's toast," and then they just they just head back. Into the into the place, and the brigadier's like, "Well, what can we do now?" And Sarah Jane and the area are like, "What are we gonna do now?" And the brigadier's like, "There's the only thing we can do." And they start depth bombing the uh, the lock, and uh, the Zygons realize what's going on. And they're like, "Well, screw this!" So they uh, they decide to take off um, with the doctor still on board. Uh, we don't ever see the doctor after he disappears. Um, I think Tom Baker probably had to go home early that day. Um, <laughs> and they, uh, they they take off, and uh, we're left with the Zygons kind of, you know, heading off into what we assume is orbit, but we find out very quickly is not. And, when uh, when, when uh, Unit is bombing the lake, I'm pretty sure 
brigadier or or at least the unit officers were aiming for the bird that was in the lake because there's a bird sitting on the lake and the bird gets blown up <laughs> i don't know if well, you noticed this but i didn't I oh didn't. yeah to be yeah. fair that bird had it coming yeah that bird like got blown to smithereens there's a bird was on the a lake jerk. and blew yeah. up this it is was pre- just mining its own business. It got blew up. <laughs> this is pre. This is all pre FEMA or not? It's not FEMA. It's a uh, PETA. PETA. This is all pre PETA. Sorry, those are yeah. two completely different things. Um, <laughs> I'm really bad with acronyms. Uh, this is pre PETA, so so they could just you know back in the day, Doctor Who could just blow up whatever they wanted, which is you know I guess so. I miss I miss I miss those days. That also but explains yeah. the uh, the replaced eyes and the deer. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the actual eyes the deer had. We just cruelly went in and we we made the change while the deer was still living. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that so that episode ended. Uh, it just stopped. One of the yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Like I I I mean I love a good cliffhanger, but sometimes sometimes you know the episode just ha- kind of has to end because they just hit twenty five minutes and they're like oh well we're done. It happens yep. in Snake Dance, which is unfortunate. It's the only bad problem with Snake Dance. Uh, so yeah, yeah. That? Um, so then we get into episode four, and everything kind of just comes to a close. Like I don't, I don't even really have a whole lot to say about this episode, really. No, there's not much. I mean, there's a useless investigation in the castle where Harry and Sarah Jane just kind of investigate the castle, and like <laughs> for a minute or two, and then they're like, "Did you find anything? Nope, nope. Okay, let's go." And they just kind of, they kind of <laughs> leave. Um, the doctor, uh, the the ship's. Uh, lands down in this quarry because, of course, it's a quarry. Uh, and and this the the duke who's the head Zygon, the Zygon, the Duke Zygon, uh, is like, okay, well, I have to go to London because I have to stop this energy thing because we're gonna take over the world. The doctor's like, you can't do that, and he's like, ha ha ha, how can you stop me? So the guy kind of leaves and starts walking to London because you know that's what dukes do. Um, and uh, the. So the doctor manages to get free by basically, you know, short circuiting the Zygon ship. Uh, he sets all the he sets the caber, the nurse, and the other and the real Duke free. All the real versions of people, uh, he sets them all free, and he sets the self destruction for the Zygon ship, which is is actually an awesome scene for me. I just I really like watching that, and that explosion was kind of fantastic. Um, and uh, they blow up the Zygon ship. Uh, that happens. Uh, that's the awesome. Doctor apparently, yeah, it's it's great. But the doctor kind of killed those guys. Um, never, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Don't question it. Um, <laughs> and they head back to London to try and stop the Duke. They manage to catch up to him in some sewer. Uh, the Brigadier shoots the Zygon like a mofo. Like he just he just guns down that Zygon. Um, and while this is going on, the the Loch Ness monster appears in uh, on the Thames and starts acting like a puppet. Um, and uh, like a hand puppet, because that's that's really all it was. Um, and the doctor throws the signal device into the pu- into the pu- not the puppet's mouth, the Loch Ness monster's mouth, and the Loch Ness monster eats the signal device and then returns to its home in Loch Ness, where it haunts to this day. Um, and then they everyone goes back to the TARDIS because nothing really happens in this episode; it just kind of happens. Um, uh, they all head back to the TARDIS. Harry's like, "Yo, bro, I'm gonna stay behind." The Brigadier's like, "Yo, bro, I'll stay behind." And then. Uh, Sarah they're Jane's gonna like, fight. Per- they're gonna fight crime. Yeah, which is which is a great decision. Um, mm-hmm. 
And Sarah Jane's like, I'll go with you. And the doctor's like, oh, sweet. And then the, the TARDIS takes off. Uh, the Duke makes some crack about Scotland, which is, you know, racist. And then uh, the day is over. The day is saved. Yep. And, and, uh, and Terror of the Zygons has come to an end. Which is, I don't know, it's a great story. Yeah, it's it is. Like, it's, I had a lot of fun watching this one. Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird because, like, the 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 Robert Holmes era is just like Robert Holmes would do like page one rewrites. So really, what you get in the in the the Hinchcliffe Holmes era is just you know three years of Robert Holmes writing Doctor Who from scratch. So, and I love me some Robert Holmes. So it's just so good to see him all over these stories. Like he and definitely how. has more influence in other ones, but like it's just it's so good to see him do three years of phenomenal stories. Uh, yeah, and it's sad that. Doctor Who has never really hit this level of quality or consistent quality because it's not. It's just even the weak episodes are pretty phenomenal. Can <laughs> you imagine? Can you imagine this level of quality like throughout Peter Davison's run? Uh, no, <laughs> I know. I mean, it's just it's it's unfortunate, but not with Eric Sayward. But it's weird because like I actually I uniformly love just about every single Peter Davison story. Like the only the only two I don't like are Time Flight and Arc of Infinity. Like, those are the only two I don't like. Mm-hmm. The rest is actually pretty excellent. And I guess people complain about Warriors of the Deep, but I actually find I really enjoy Warriors of the Deep for what it is. Sweet. It's just kind of a mess. And but speaking of Peter know. Davison, next week, Four to Doomsday. Yeah! <laughs> you've, been, you've been waiting to say that for so long. Oh my um, god. <laughs> 20 episodes. Yeah. Pretty much, we're, this is our this is our twentieth classic discussion. So yeah, not not, not even counting the, the the seven Matt Smith episodes. So Twenty seven yeah. episodes. I've been waiting yeah. for a Peter yeah. Davison story, and now it's back. Uh, finally, all right. So uh, before we get going to uh, uh, Torchwood talk and talking about the new world, um, I want to remind everybody that uh, we're brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order. All your monthly comic books, statues, action figures, anything else you can get from your local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off. This month, uh, though, they're they're having a very special discount, um, which is uh, DC is having their big reboot. All of They're having like 52 titles, all number one issues. And they're offering a 50% discount on said issues if you order all of them. So the retail price of all 52 issues is like $159.48. But if you you get all 52 number one issues, um, you're getting them for $79.74, which is an awesome deal. That's a really good deal. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good deal. Yeah. So 52 number one issues – You'll get the whole of the DC universe um, starting over from scratch in September if you order now for seventy nine seventy four. Wow, that's, that's an awesome, awesome deal. Yeah, and then of course regular discounts of forty percent off. Plus, if you pre-order your collect editions, um, you'll save fifty percent off those. So ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay five ninety five in flat rate flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. So basically. Seventy nine seventy four. Hold off your orders until the end of the month, and you end up paying about like eighty five bucks, and you get all fifty two issues sent at the end of September, which is awesome. Yeah, just that's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so, um, so yeah, thanks to Discount Comic Book Service. Uh, all right, so let's let's move on, and we're going to be talking about Torchwood uh, season four, which is, uh, of course, known as uh, Torchwood Miracle, Miracle Day. Day. Yeah, and the first episode aired on Friday on Stars, and it was called The New World. And uh, Snap basically, before spoilers, Snap judgments before spoilers. Yeah, uh, we're we're talking. This is Torchwood the movie. I Pretty mean, much. that's that's what I was watching, <clears throat> um, and the like. The production value is insane, insane. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. All of the performances were great, except for Mecky Pfeiffer. I would say um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really like. I didn't really care for him so much. Bill Pullman, wow, he's creepy. Wow. Oh, I cannot wait because people have been saying they've been saying all over like the chat show circuit like that he is. He is awesome in this, and, like, I feel like if this is just the beginning, oh, boy, are we in for some crazy nonsense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. crazy nonsense. Yeah. I can't wait Um, to see his connection to the whole thing. Obviously, he's going to have one, and we don't know what it is yet. He's just a character Mm -hmm. right now. But, yeah, and uh, I got to say, I got to say, I think Torchwood works better in America. Well, you're not wrong. I think because, like, the best... Like, I want to be a fan of Torchwood. I've wanted to be a fan of Torchwood since I heard it existed. Mm-hmm. But, like, Me too. The be- and, like, the first two seasons of Torchwood are pretty much not good. Just yeah. across the board awful. But, I don't know, Children of Earth really just... They upped their game in a huge, huge way, and it showed. Like, Children of Earth is phenomenal. But, like, the one of the best episodes from season two, the one that I had a lot of fun with, was the one which was... um. Gwen gets pregnant all overnight, uh, and it's her wedding day or whatever. And then Torchwood basically just runs around for the entire episode hunting an alien with giant guns. Um, yeah, that was just, a good one. I did like that. Yeah, one. it was fun. Yeah, and that's when I realized when I was watching that one, I was like, you know what? Torchwood just needs really big guns. And because of that, like, oh man, uh, <laughs> ear earmuffs. Tell me that oh, was gosh. awesome. Oh that was my so god, fantastic! That was oh, so fantastic. Oh gosh, but like that's that's why this show works because it's just like because Torchwood, it's it's an it's a government organization and they just it's vi- it's it's exciting it's blockbuster it's violent it's action packed mm-hmm. that's yeah. the, that's when Torchwood has always worked best and it's a big scale the um the basic conceit of Torchwood right now is I love the just the basic conceit is phenomenal just yeah the, no one's dying that is. And it's treated so maturely. When they said worldwide hunger in four months, I was like, oh, crap. Like, yeah. I, just, I wouldn't have even thought of that. I wouldn't have even yeah. thought of that. And they're already exploiting the hell out of the premise, which is great. And I love that. And yeah. we're only just beginning. And yeah. you're right. It does feel like it just it's just going to be a 10-hour movie, which I'm okay with because Torchwood is a great show, but it needs to be produced on a movie scale. And I love that it's going down like this this is it's i was i was legitimately sad when the episode ended i was like me too come on yeah i I just wanted it to keep going which which i'm going to say right now has never happened for me in the history of torchwood have i been like i just wanted to keep going even children of earth which i did love i really liked at like like the whole thing but i was not i wasn't like biting my nails in between episodes (laughs) like i was here yeah, well, I like you're you're right because I watched the first two episodes of Children of Earth and then I kind of put it down for a while. Yeah, like, 
Yeah. I just, and it's not like, and that's the truth with every episode. The only reason that I that I managed to finish it in like pretty much two sittings was because I just was just like, you know what, I'm going to watch this right now, and then I was depressed. Um, but uh, th- this was. Oh, it was so action-packed. I was like, oh, they're going back into the Torchwood Hub. And then they're just like, nope, you're going to America. I was like, what? Really? I'm just, oh, God. Yeah. I, oh, so cool. Although, they should have investigated that helicopter crash, because you know that there's some people living in that crash. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I was one... thinking when it happened, but I don't know. <laughs> that was, and that's it... the one complaint. when they, Dude, when they found that security guard, oh, my oh, God. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We should get into spoilers. We should get into spoilers. All right, so okay, if you haven't yeah. watched it yet, go watch it because you're insane for not watching it. If you've never seen Torchwood, doesn't matter. You'll, you're will you fine. Just watch it. Yeah, just pick it up. All you have to know is basically Jack. That's all you have to know. If you've watched Doctor Who, you know Jack. So Yeah, exactly. So watch <laughs> watch Torchwood. Watch Torchwood. Watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, getting to spoilers, uh, yeah, uh, dead secu- blown up security guard. Holy crap, that was creepy. <laughs> Wow. That was grisly. I was like, they're just, they're not even trying to get, to knock it away with things anymore. Like every time you know, they snapped, a th- like to remove his head and they like kept snapping. Uh, oh God. I was like, oh, uh, oh God. Uh, just that one level. Like, and it wasn't even that many snaps, but each one I was like, oh God. Oh yeah. Oh, oh gosh. And uh, I love the blonde chick. I don't know who the blonde chick is, but, uh, I, I don't remember her act, the actress's name, but. She is adorable, uh, mm-hmm. and I want her to join the team, which she's is going she, to. Is uh, she Esther? 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 Yeah, that, that chick. Esther, yeah. yeah. Which I'm not a fan of the name, but, you know. That's my well, personal. what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but, yeah, it's, it's – man, this was good. This was so good. This, oh, I, this, was, this, this is exactly this is what, what I want to be. Yes, this is what I always wanted Torchwood to be. Mm-hmm. Just, and just and you know what? At the end of the day, if – this ends up not being a hit for stars and they don't pick up Torchwood for another season. So be it. At least I finally got a good season out of it. Yes. Totally you know? agreed. Especially yeah. because Russell T. Davis has said that in, in a lot of re- interviews uh, recently that he's like, look, I'm almost done with science fiction. And if he's going out on this note, like as good as his Doctor Who is, like I almost think that his Torchwood could be better. Mm-hmm. Which. Is which is weird, but it just it just fits more in his wheelhouse, like the exploration of what it means to die and not die. Like at first, I was like, I was like, oh, I thought myself so clever because I was like, oh, everyone in the world can die, but but Jack is the one person who can't die, so everyone in the world is like Jack, and then all of a sudden Jack starts getting hurt, and you're like, oh no, oh no, I just I cannot wait to see what happens with that because yeah. that's going to be messed up because they're just milking this concept. And it's oh god yeah because I mean I, they've basically I mean that's that's what's basically happened is they've turned everyone into Jack um, as we saw in the gruesome uh, the gruesome stuff that happened to Jack and Children of Earth oh gosh yeah <laughs> that was so much. oh man oh, no. but this this was this was uh, I I know I'm saying it was so good but. I am just in love with Torchwood right now. Just yeah, and I've been thinking about it because because we're talking about doing you know we're doing TGS. We're gonna be doing a, an audio blog at the end of the year about my best shows, and like I want at the end of the year to say that Torchwood is on that list of five. Just absolutely, I want it. I absolutely. want it. Especially and if if this because this is the beginning. If it only gets crazier as you know, if they take the Children of Earth model, which was that first episode was great, but it just got 
not so until the mm-hmm. last episode because that each episode of Children of Earth is better than the one before. Um, yeah. If they do that with this, they can. If they if they just keep going up, we're in for a hell of a season. Just yeah. a crazy hell of a season, and I cannot wait to see what happens next. Yeah. Oh my God, earmuffs. That was so <laughs> badass. <laughs> and then with so Jack's- badass. <laughs> And then when Jack stopped the thing and she just pulls out the, the, the rocket bazooka? launcher. And it's, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, the, the rocket launcher. <laughs> Torchwood. And she just goes, we're Torchwood. Like, it was so obvious, but I didn't care. You just wanted just, to cheer. Oh, God. I And I've, I've always wanted to love Gwen, but, like, they really botched her character in the first, like, season and a half. Like, I really mm-hmm. started to like her at the end of season two, but... You know what Man, the problem with the first two seasons of Torchwood it was is that like they focused too much on like the sexual escapades of these characters and not right. enough on plot. Yeah, or like really exciting, awesome uh, uh, sci-fi ideas. Like, and even in season two, they got into more of that. But you know, I Torchwood as a big serialized movie works so much better as evidenced yes. by Children of Earth. Yeah, and, and Russell T. Davies said that there, he'll never go back to the Monster of the Week thing. Good, with because because it's just it doesn't work that way. You got to have sprawling. You got to have big epic. When 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 Jack said FBI agent Owen Harper, I was like, oh damn, oh that was so like, and I did I hated Owen until his last minutes. I hated Owen, but oh god, just this was this was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The up and down. Phenomenal, exciting, epic! I cannot wait to see what happens next. This is this is now my new show. Until Breaking <laughs> Bad comes back, it's coming back next week! Yay! Um, so so there you go. Uh, yeah, this was fantastic. So we'll 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 talk more about uh, about Torchwood next week, and in the, for the next nine episodes, we'll be talking about um, we'll be talking about Torchwood in uh, like yeah, just, like this, just a little short little thing, but. Yeah, not like not no need to spin it off into another podcast. If you don't like it, just skip ahead or listen to us gush over it. Hopefully, it's tons of gushing because if it was Children of Earth, I would have gushed too. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. damn, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. This is this is the torture I've been waiting for for definitely, years. definitely. All right, so next week we're going to be talking about uh, Four to Doomsday, which is Peter Davison, and uh, excitement there. Yay, Peter yeah, Davison. Yeah, it's not well-received, but I watched it. I remember enjoying it quite a bit. It's got right. some some great moments for me. Uh, on deck, uh, week after next is Mind of Evil, uh, and then we're doing the War Games, which, God, I can't wait for. Um, we're going to be splitting that into two, though, right? Oh, that's definitely split into two. Uh, I don't know if we're going to record it in one. It's up to you. I could. I feel like it, we. It's all. It's a. It's a. Well, we should talk about this off mic. But it's like a. It's like a double edged sword because I want. It almost needs to be recorded in two, but I. I like that War Games is just one big. Like it just holds together so well. But I want to be really energized for the last episode because the last episode requires a lot of discussion. The last yeah, it two does. specifically. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that and figure it out, but it won't, you guys won't notice it on that end probably. Um, yeah. and then just on the other side of that, uh, the next doctor, which is a uh, tenant Christmas special and then, uh, the invisible enemy. And then we're, uh, that's, uh, that's, so that's our next five, four to doomsday, the mind of evil, which is a per tweet, the war games, the next doctor, and then the invisible enemy. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that'll which... probably take us to the rest of Matt Smith's season. So, uh, 
maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll It'll see. get really close anyway. Yeah. Um, especially if we, we're splitting up war games. So. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it. <laughs> we're splitting up war games, period. No, we're splitting up war games, but I was thinking maybe we do like two releases that week or something. I don't know. Oh. I see. I know. Okay. Maybe you're not into it, but whatever. No, I'm not. Whatever. I'm not into more work. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might have to do the invisible. I'm just enemy being honest. I'm just being doctor. honest. No, that's that's fine. We might need to do the invisible enemy before the next doctor, uh, because we're doing the invisible enemy live from uh, Chicago Comic Con. So well, live in quotations. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be live. Air Everyone quotes. Else will be on, yeah. <laughs> everyone else will be on tape delay because I don't want to be swearing that much in front of children. Um, <laughs> I think I'm joking. Uh, I'm not joking. So anyway, uh, yeah. Also on uh, on the website, we got um, articles. I think this week are you are you doing your Doctor Who article this week? You're posting that, right? Yes, I'm doing a new Doctor Who article. Um, the five plus one Doctor Who uh, enemies, uh, alien slash enemies that I want to see come back in New Who who haven't come back in New Who. Uh, it's topical because uh, the Zygons will be mentioned because I do think the Zygons are ripe for uh, coming back uh, because, you know, shape changers. It's awesome. Um, so so look for that sometime this week on the site, hopefully early in the week. Um, I have a blog that I need to get done. But uh, other than that, yeah, that's that's coming this week. Okay. Um, and, so. and then also uh, audio blogs. Uh, Green Lantern Secret Origin just got posted, which was our book of the mm-hmm. month last month. So we talked about that. And uh, Harry Potter should be up next week. Um, yeah. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part Two. Uh, and so we'll, we'll have gonna... weekly audio blogs of movies for now until a while from now until eternity. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and uh, Movie Nighty Geek Show. Uh, let's see. We did Close Encounters this week. Next week we're doing Die Hard, so that's going to be good. Uh, Geek Show sound check. No episode this week. Um, we're going to take a week off, but we're going to be back next week with spotlight episodes. Um, we're going to be doing Blink-182 and Murder by Death, uh, which Murder by Death is not a death metal band or anything of the sort, which you would probably think by their name, but they're not like that at all. <laughs> uh, the, best, the, best, the best thing that I could possibly uh, do to, like, to, to, to talk about like, what kind of music they play would maybe like goth country. <laughs> That's literally the best thing that I could come up with. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a cello. And oh, it's wow. cellos are cool. It's awesome. Yeah, and their cello player is super hot. Um anyway <laughs> <laughs> just just saying. Just just have you ever seen a girl really into playing the cello? You want to. Oh yeah. Trust oh, me. Oh yes I have. Oh yes I have. <laughs> um yes, I have. so anyway, uh that's all on geekshowentertainment.com, so go uh go check all that stuff out because uh, you're gonna like it. Um also uh the geek show with Myself and and Matt here. Um, that should be premiering mm-hmm. sometime next month. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fingers so. very crossed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to be talking uh, Matt, about where, it a lot. Where Chicago. can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter on twitter.com/gungadin. That's where you can follow my tweets, which happen. Uh, I also have an alternate Twitter account, which is twittercom commentary. That's GD commentary, as in Gungadin commentary, uh, where I review things I'm watching. Uh, this week, 
as with every week, every Sunday, we're doing a, a classic uh, Star Trek, the original series episode, Tweet Up, me and Scott and uh, my girlfriend Cassandra. Hello, Cassandra. Uh, we're all doing uh, Star Trek Tweet Ups, which happen sometime on Sunday. Uh, we'll try and have them happen a little bit earlier, especially because Breaking Bad's coming back. Um, yes. And, but last week was the occasion. It was really fun. This week is, I think, the Man Trap, which is cool. Um, I haven't seen it, so hopefully it's really awesome. <laughs> uh, we also You're going to love it. I cannot wait. Um, we're also doing... Uh, I have a blog where I talk about Classic Who. It's classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I review a classic story every week. This past week, uh, we reviewed... Oh, gosh, what we did we review? Was it the Space Pirates? Yep, an exercise in, spa- in uh, patience, the Space Pirates, uh, which was... Oh, boy, that was fun. Um, so we reviewed the Space Pirates. This week, we're talking about The Nightmare from Eden, which is from Douglas Adams' one season as script editor... Which I was expecting to hate, but actually came out pretty fun. So I'll look for that on Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. Uh, also this week, I didn't even realize that. Oh, great, this week, that for all weeks for me to do this. Uh, this week I'm also doing a, a special one-off discussion of a story called Mission to the Unknown, which is a really weird one-off story that's basically the prologue to the Daleks Master Plan. And it's only notable because I haven't talked about this yet, but... Uh, uh, it's the halfway point um, for me. So, Mission to the Unknown is the halfway point for the blog. Uh, and then after Mission to the Unknown, it's all downhill because I'll be halfway done with talking about all of Classic Who, which I guess was the goal. Uh, so, wow. Scary. That's a. <laughs> you don't even know. Uh, but I guess you had an idea about. 2013, and I'm rolling with it, so we'll see how that goes. But I have a year to plan, so I'm not in any rush. Um,. So that's that's where you can find me on the internet. Scott, what about you? Uh, I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also, alternate uh, Twitter accounts, uh, Scott Commentary, which is where I'll be doing the Star Trek live tweet with you and Cassandra. Also, of course, the website, geekshowentertainment.com. I'm there all the time. I'm usually leaving uh, smart alley comments. Uh, or, well, I know you. Or grateful <laughs> ones. But it's usually just one or the other. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm never neutral. I'm either you ever just say <laughs> I'm either grateful or really smart Alex. So I just want you to leave a string of comments that's just meh meh yeah <laughs> yeah like no I don't do that I don't do that uh, thank God uh, what thank God <laughs> uh, yeah and then my other my other podcast of course Geek Show Soundcheck Movie Nighty Geek Show go check those out and um yeah, because seriously, if you listen to this show and you're not listening to Movie Night at Geek Show, um, what's wrong with you? Like, why aren't you? Why? Soundcheck, I can understand. But Movie Night? Like, do, what do you just not watch movies? Come on. Especially because this month is like Close Encounters, Die Hard, The Matrix, The Prestige. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen those movies. And our discussion of Close Encounters... First of all, if you haven't seen Close Encounters, go see Close Encounters. But our discussion of Close Encounters of the Third Kind was actually kind of phenomenal. Like, I had so much fun talking about Close Encounters of the yeah. Third Kind. Because yeah. I really wanted them to blow up the mothership. <laughs> <laughs> With the grenade yeah. on Roy. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so yeah, definitely go check out Movie Night at Geek Show. Do it right now. And while you're on iTunes, subscribing to Movie Night at Geek Show, leave a review for this show. Um, because we need, we always need more reviews. And if you like Movie Night, you can leave reviews for that as well. And uh, yeah, 
Uh, you can email the show, tdc at geekshow.us. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week with Florida Doomsday. See you guys. Bye.